Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. Hey, guess what? It is September 1st. Glad you joined us today as we get ready to talk to Dave here in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, hey, it's the first day of September and uh, we ended up uh, August. OK, we'll look at those numbers and more when Dave joins us up next. But before we join Dave, let's just talk a little bit about risk. We continue to be in this nosebleed section of the marketplace. The question is, are we going to stay here reading a couple of articles today? Um, that's a good question. And there's a lot of uh, different opinions about what's going to happen uh, in the marketplace. Are we in the beginnings of a bear market or the end of a bear? I mean, uh, beginnings of a bull market or the end of a bull market? So, hey, with that, we'll talk about that and more. But if you don't know how much risk you have, you need to give us a call at 863-382-382. 0037 863 Hey, Dave's coming up next. Looking forward to our conversation today. Your money up in Wall Street this morning. Always weird at this time of the year. August wasn't supposed to be a good month. It actually was. Let's see if September's going to start out to be a good month. And uh, head downtown, check in, see what's going on at the offices of Statler Financial Services, where Philip Statler is comfortably ensconced. Philip, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, David. Doing well today. Welcome to the first day of September, Dave. Yes. And we're coming up on Labor Day and a three-day weekend, and everybody's getting positioned for three days when they can't touch their real money. It ought to be interesting. Yesterday, we were kind of saying it might happen because we overreacted to it a few weeks ago with one consumer confidence sentiment. Yesterday, we got the uh, we got the official federal government number for consumer confidence, and uh, it was not good. The index fell to 113.8. That was worse than July and way below what folks expected to, and uh, the Dow almost as soon as it came out, fell by like over 100 points all in one fell swoop. Uh, thank heavens it was on the way up because we ended up only losing 39 yesterday. But uh, we're kind of jittery about those numbers, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. I mean, let's face it, we're still bumping our noses against all-time highs. It seems like every day that the NASDAQ and the S&P are, are hitting new highs. Obviously, I don't think they did yesterday. At least they didn't close at a new high. So, But we're still looking at um you know what's happening what's gonna you know i'm reading mixed mixed reviews right about well you know this is a continuation of the 2009 um bull market it had a little dip but we won't count that i'm reading other people say well we've got a new bull market that started after covid hit and so we're in its infancy and we still got ways to go before we get to that normal 178 percent increase on a bear on a bull market so a lot of mixed reviews out there dave as to where we are in the cycle now you and i kind of had that discussion a couple of weeks ago as to whether or not that uh, big dive that we took last spring uh was a bear market or whether it was just an incredibly deep correction it sounds still like it sounds like the big heads with green eye shades are having the same discussion aren't they and they really are. And they're obviously everybody, you know, looks at different indexes or different measurements to, to make their cases. Absolutely. It's kind of kind of interesting, though, that something you and I were hammering about all of a sudden goes into the mainstream mainline financial press. 
got the uh, consumer confidence number yesterday, and that caused us some jitters. Now we start that uh, deluge of unemployment and employment figures that we get the first few days of every month. Start out this morning with the ADP, the big payroll company that always gives us an estimate of how many private sector jobs were created last month. Expected was 638 private sector jobs. And you look at the number and you go, oh, geez, 374,000, just a little over half the number that they expected. Normally, I'd expect that to be a big dive on Wall Street futures numbers when something like that happens. Yeah, not a big dive. I mean, it's gradually given up some points. But uh, let's face it, it was at least an increase over what it was in July. So, I mean, I think that's a little bit of good news there. Uh, the bad news is it, it missed what everybody expected it to be, right? So that's kind of the the, the missing part is it. Uh, but I, I got to say, Dave, I'm not seeing drastic moves in the index at all. You know, we were kind of noodling it through before we went on the air, and I think we're kind of getting into maybe some of those, uh, you know, con conflicting impulses on Wall Street. Number one, yeah, it's not what we had in mind, so there's some downward pressure off of that. But at the same time, we got a whole bunch of the big-time gobs of money guys that are saying, oh, no, we don't really want tighter money on the Federal Reserve. And there's some rumblings about maybe even starting that next month. A crummy unemployment report might make some of the Federal Reserve governors say, that maybe they ought to hold off a little bit. I think we kind of have two different things. One of those bad news is good news scenario for the short-term traders, plus a disappointment going the other direction. It's kind of looking like it's almost uh, almost netting out neutral this morning, isn't it? Well, it kind of looks that way right now. I think the big thing is going to be Friday when we actually get the government number as to new jobs uh, created and what the uh, official unemployment number looks like. Because my folks are looking at for like 5.2 percent unemployment number, so um, you know if that uh, if that is missed, and then that could give some pressure to the markets going into Labor Day weekend. Probably one of those things that we dug on well better hit it on the nose. Number one, a miss would not be good news. Number two, if it's too much of a beat. It's going to scare the short-termers. Again, that good news is bad news thing. Uh, Friday could be a real interesting day, depending upon what the number comes out to be. Yeah, you're right. It really could be. Uh, it could set the stage for what September ends up looking like because earnings, you know, are getting less and less. And so that's going to make less of an impact on the markets. It's going to be more about macro stuff and geopolitical stuff. Yeah, and that first, that last month before the uh, before the earnings season begins, where we're actually drifting a little bit without company reports to develop a trend, it's always a month in the quarter in which we end up talking about it, it, it's more gossip driven than anything. You give us an economic report, and the reaction in the last month of a quarter always seems to be just a little bit more uh, cartoonishly big because there aren't any company earnings reports to be able to mollify that. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a big deal there. Hey, Dave, before we do go into earnings, because I know we got a couple to talk about, um, yeah. I, I do want to, uh, the first day of the month, I like to take the opportunity to give the monthly return numbers on the index, because this is the only time I really have a true monthly number. Um, <clears throat> so let's look at the Dow actually ended up the month of August up 1.22%. The NASDAQ ended up up 4%. Ooh. Yeah, and the S&P 500 ended up 2.9% in the green. So 
I know for the NASDAQ and the S&P 500, that is the, I think, the seventh continuing uh, month that they've had a positive gain. And brilliant accomplishment because August is supposed to be an overall crummy month on the stock market generally. No, that's right. You know, there, there's always that saying that we always heard was, you know, you sell in May and go away. Um, and then you don't look to things until after Labor Day. But you would have really missed out this year. Oh, good Lord. Yes. I, I didn't hear a quarter number, but the full quarter numbers probably at the end of this quarter are going to be really kind of amazing, especially given the fact that it was the summer quarter. Uh, you and I have periodically flippantly called it irrational exuberance, but there certainly has been some during this summer, hasn't there? It definitely uh, would lend itself to that uh, expression. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always pled guilty to be the starry-eyed optimist, and you're much more conservative in your reactions, so I think you're probably on target. Uh, we do have some reports on one big household name. Everybody knows the uh, two ugly little kids on the soup can. How'd Campbell's do? You know, Campbell's did well. Uh, they beat by seven cents a share on earnings. They beat on revenue. Um, so, so that was good news for them. And um, they, one of their, I guess, maybe kind of their downside is um, they, they adjusted their earnings outlook for the year to be somewhere between $2.75, $2.85. And the estimate was that they should come in about two eighty seven. dollars So, uh, it's it's a little bit of a downward movement from there. Um, they're having some higher input costs, and obviously they're having issues with the labor market like a lot of businesses are. So uh, <clears throat> they are still moving up this morning. They're up about one and a quarter percent. That ain't bad. And they're one of those firms that I'd expect to see some uh, tapering on the growth when everybody was locked up at home just throwing a can of soup into the pot is a nice, easy at-home meal for the family. So, yeah, they're one of the ones that have expected to do pretty well during the uh, during the pandemic. So now things are starting to at least approach normal in terms of business patterns. I wouldn't I wouldn't be overly surprised by a little bit leveled off guidance, wouldn't you? No, I would not either. And I think and it has it definitely didn't hurt their stock price this morning anyway. Um, hey, the next one we have is PVH, which that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but that's Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, those type of brands. Mm-hmm. Um, they really had a good quarter, man. They uh, they made two dollars and seventy two cents a share. They were expected to make a buck twenty, so a substantial beat there. Uh, revenue was ahead of forecast. Um, the um, they they raised their full year revenue forecast, so uh, a lot of good things there. And they, like my other one we're going to talk about in a minute, are huge winners today, up uh, $10 a share, which is 9.5% above yesterday's close. I got them right at the toward the top of my big winner list. I've always said premium discretionary income items like Hilfiger clothing. That's kind of one of my canaries in the coal mine for whether or not an economy is recovering and doing well. Because if you could afford to do the uh, premium priced clothing, that means the consumer may not be saying he's overly optimistic, but he's spending money like a drunken sailor. Well, and we're definitely, a lot of our numbers are giving some of that indication, aren't they? Absolutely. It seems to be a trend. I mean, the discretionary the discretionary money stuff, like Hilfiger, I mean, I don't think we've had a big loser yet in that category. No, I don't think we have either. Hey, the other one I want to talk about is a name that I did not recognize, but it's an important industry that we need to look at. 
The name of the company is Umbrella. Umbrella is a uh, chip maker. They make chips for cars and cameras. So very, very important company. Yes, cars. Uh, that's right. They need to be doing overtime, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they uh, they came in uh, this morning, uh, made uh, made thirty five cents a share. That was ten cents above expectations. Revenue was ahead of projections. Also, um, obviously, we know there's high demand for especially the car chips, um, and so. They're saying that this quarter they could reach a five-year high in revenue for the quarter. So with all that happening for them, they're up 10% this morning. Um, right now they're trading about $114, still not their 52-week high, but uh, but getting a little closer anyway. Cool. Glad to hear somebody making chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. All the rest of them are stuck. By the way, speaking of chips and imports and stuff from the Middle East, one of the news items I heard, Dollar General said that they had two months' worth of inventory that was stuck on a container ship outside of L.A., and they ran up two months' worth of inventory just waiting for somebody to get to the dock to unload the boat. I bet there's toilet paper on there. Oh, God. I, I would not <laughs> want to run a company dependent on imports right now. Resetting the table for the morning yesterday was one of those leveled-off days. I mean, there wasn't really any movement to worry about. Dow was down 39. Standard & Poor's was down by 6, and NASDAQ was down by about 6.5. And, and almost all that loss was after the consumer confidence figures came out because they were on a roll heading upward until then. 45 minutes before we open this morning, what are we looking at so far, Philip? You know, Dave, we are still, for the first day of September, we're still in the green. Uh, not as much as earlier, but but hey, it's still green. We'll take it. Uh, the Dow Jones 30 is up $79, which is a, a little over two-tenths of a percent. S&P 500 is up 14, which is uh, about a third of a percent. And the NASDAQ 100 is up a third of a percent also. The big winner right now is the Russell 2000, Dave, up almost a half a percent this morning. Uh, looking at the commodity side of the fence, we've got uh, silver, up about six-tenths of a percent, still over $24 an ounce. Gold up about two-tenths of a percent, still, uh, it's about $18.21 an ounce. Gold, I mean, uh, crude oil is, um, I'd call it basically flat, it's down less than a tenth of a percent to $68.44 a barrel, which is uh, about where it was yesterday. Higher than we had in mind, but a trading range and, and some stability would be nice on that particular commodity. World markets, the Asian rim and Europe, all pretty much up. The Asian rim markets closed up by a half a percent or so across the board. Europe is uh, between a quarter and a half a percent on all of their markets as well right now. France is having a party time. I don't know what happened there, but they're up almost a percent and a half halfway through their day. They're buying like crazy over there, and I don't really know why they're so much above the rest of the markets. Hi, retirement's on the way. I hear bad news about the Social Security Trust Fund. The pandemic said that we're going to run out of money there earlier than we expected. Retirement gets more iffy with every passing day. That means that individual account is real important to hold on to. How do I get stability from you, Philip? David, give us a call at 863-382-0037. Hey, they can also check out our website at statlerfinancial.com and then join us this weekend. For the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730.
And we'll be back here again tomorrow morning to see what the Sam Hill goes on on Wall Street today here on Light FM. Philip, thank you much. We'll catch you tomorrow, all right? All right, man. You have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler on the pitch. Hey, folks. Again, let me thank you for joining us today. I hope that your August was great and your September is better. I look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Until then, bye now.